Welcome to Succession Stories. I'm your host, Lori Barkman, founder of Small.Big. As an exit value planning and M&A advisor, I call myself a business transition Sherpa. My mission is guiding entrepreneurs on ways to build value in your business and then benefit by letting it go. On this show, we spotlight the theme of transitions, not only to reward you for your hard work, but also to ensure that you look back on your succession without regret. Catch all the episodes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to visit SuccessionStories.com to sign up for our newsletter. Here's to your success. Mike Silverman is the shareholder of Denton's Cone and Grigsby, representing closely held businesses and their owners throughout their life cycle. Entrepreneurs don't start and build their companies on their own, and neither should they plan their business transition or exit strategy without trusted professionals in their corner. We've put that shared philosophy into practice with a collaborative initiative called the Business Advisory Group that also includes Chris Cheney from Fort Pitt Capital to educate business owners about exit value planning. You might recall Chris was a featured guest on episode 22. Listen into my conversation with Mike to learn more about the difference between an exit plan and a succession plan, why it's important to design and implement these plans now, and the strategic benefits of internal transactions. Mike Silverman, good morning. Thanks for joining me today on Succession Stories. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that you're here with me. And I also want to point out that I think it's really cool how we met. We met because of this show. We met because of Chris Cheney, who was a guest on the show, episode 22. He and I had a fantastic conversation about business transition, which led him to introducing you and me, and which brings us here today to continue that conversation and talk about business transitions. Also, you me and Chris and his firm, Fortbit Capital, are forming a collaboration that we're calling the Business Advisory Group. So I'm excited to have you on today to talk about exit and succession planning, and also for us to share with the audience how we're looking to educate business owners about business succession and transition planning. So welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Why don't we start with you? Why don't we tell us about you, what you do at Denton's, which is the largest law firm in the world, by the way, which is super cool. (laughs) Okay, I'm a partner at Denton's, Cohen and Grigsby. I've practiced law now for 31 years. And last year, my firm, which was formerly known as Cohen and Grigsby, aligned itself with Denton's, which, as you indicated, is the largest law firm in the world. We have offices throughout the world and throughout the country. And so we have boots on the ground for wherever a client needs us. My particular practice is that of a business attorney. I represent closely held businesses and their owners throughout the life cycle of a business. I I help them to grow. I help them to attract employees, acquire other businesses, and ultimately to exit from their businesses. And exit and succession planning is a big part of my practice. I got certified as a certified exit planning advisor in 2010. And throughout my career, I've done probably over 150 exit plans. And I'm very passionate about the area, and it's an area where I feel that I can add a lot of value to my clients. And so I'm very happy to be talking about it today. You're an incredible expert. Tell me why. Why are you so passionate about it? 
I'm passionate about it because I think with the exit planning process, it's more than just structuring your exit plan and structuring your succession plan. It's really doing a, looking at your business from the outside in, which business owners go 100 miles an hour every day in their businesses, and they don't have time to do that. And so it forces them to pause, look at their business from the outside in, find all the valuable ingredients in there, make sure that they're protected, and make sure that we've identified any great value drivers that we can employ in the future. So I think that Above and beyond just putting in place a great exit and succession plan for a client, you can add a lot of value, help them to grow the value of their business and help them to realize a significant exit when they, when they exit from their business. I love how you describe that. I think that's the main reason why you and I clicked so instantly. We share the same philosophy and ethos and with my practice. That's what I look to do also. So I love our collaboration that we've started. Why don't we talk a little bit about exit planning and succession planning? And what do you see as the differences between the two? I think a lot of people view them as being redundant with one another and they're entirely separate from one another. The exit plan is obviously the structure and plan by which an owner is going to exit from his or her business. Whether the owner wants to sell the business to a third party, sell it to the business to a manage, the management team, or pass the business down to his or her family. We need to come up with an exit plan that, that's tax efficient and that will hold up in both a voluntary exit or an involuntary exit. A succession plan is completely different. A succession plan is identifying who the key employees are in the business, which are typically the owner and a few key other employees, and figuring out who's going to succeed them in operating the business in the future. Because we want to have a seamless transition, not only for our exit from the business, but from our succession as to who the leadership is that's going to be running the business in the future. And why do you think also that it's important to start planning sooner rather than later? Because a lot of people that I talk to, they'll say, oh, uh, you know, I'm not thinking about that for another 10 plus years. That's for someone else, right? It's sort of the not me. I'm going to do that later. I'm going to do that in the future. And then there's other people that are kind of in this middle space that are like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing that. And then there's the people that are, oh, crap. <laughs> I want to be exiting my business, but I haven't been working on this. And now, now what do I do? So how do you approach that? How do you advise people about timing? Well, every new business that I get as a client, I would say almost without exception, they haven't done their exit and succession plan. It's a rhetorical question to ask them whether they've done it. It's like asking whether they've done their estate plan. People procrastinate on it. But what I highlight for every business owner is you as a business owner are one day going to either voluntarily or involuntarily exit from your business. And during the course of my career, I've had a lot of involuntary exits. It's everything from death or disability of the owner or key employee to losing a key employee or losing a key customer or losing a key vendor. So those involuntary events, those could happen tomorrow. So that means we knew, just like your estate, your, your estate plan could come into vogue tomorrow, your exit and succession plan, we need to plan for that involuntary event so that we don't have a fire sale of your business as a result of having not planned for it. Some people might call that contingency planning too, right? Where it's kind of this worst case scenario planning, as you were saying. And I think we refer to that generally as the five Ds, right? It could be divorce even. Sometimes there's a factor of why a business owner might leave the business. Insurance sure. can be another tool, correct? Right. I think that when we get into the nitty gritty with exit and succession planning, we really are doing very holistic planning. It's, it's not just a lawyer or just an accountant or a financial planner or a coach. It's a team that puts it together. And so you have everything from contingency planning, which is life insurance planning and disability insurance planning, to growth planning. Because if you're not growing your business, you're exiting from it. 
and financial planning. We, we need to know what is the number that you need for retirement and how does that mesh with your biggest asset where you have probably 90% of your net worth embedded in, in the value of your business. How much can you realize from selling your business and how does that match up with the, the number you need for retirement? There's usually a delta between those numbers and we need to do growth planning to eliminate that delta. So that's obviously where you come into play. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's super important because that delta, I'm guessing more often than not, is what you see. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I want to, on day one of doing exit and succession planning, put in the bright lights for a business owner, two reference points. I want the financial planner to tell the client, this is what you need for retirement. And then I want to do a back of the envelope valuation of the business and say, this is the, the gross value of your business. But after taxes and professional fees, if you sold your business, this is the net number you'd get. And look at this difference between these two numbers, what your financial planner gave you and what you could net if you sold the business today. Does that motivate you to want to eliminate that delta so that we're on a good course? So that's what we do at the outset. Yeah. And I think it's also important to spotlight that not only are we trying to get the business ready for a transition or an exit, but also I think the personal readiness side is important. And this process of going through it and understanding why these steps should be taken helps someone emotionally get to that point. Is that what you find also? I find that is definitely the case because with every client, you, you want to extract from them, what are your business goals, your financial goals, and your personal goals? And the personal goals play a big factor in it. And if we don't implement a really well-conceived exit and succession planning, that can prevent you from obtaining your personal goals or your financial goals or business goals. Yeah. And some people might want to buy another business and, and keep going, mm-hmm. right? Or some people might want to start a company and some people might say, I'm going to punch out. I want to do something completely different. I want to go sailing. And so I just want to underscore what you said about the financial plan, because they need to know what number it is. So if they're planning to retire at 55, but yet they think they're going to live till 95, (laughs) they've got 40 plus years to plan for. So there could be that gap. The lifestyle they want to live, the wealth that they think they need is all part of that. So let's talk a little bit about who business owners should work with. You and I have a very collaborative approach, and so does Chris Cheney. And that's, again, how he brought us together for a business advisory group that we're forming. Because this collaboration inherently, right, I'm a growth advisor, exit value planner, someone that's going to try to help close that gap on the value and yourself and Chris on the financial side. And That's a great example, I think, of showing and demonstrating a collaborative effort on behalf of a business owner. We share that philosophy. What is the approach that you've seen when what can go wrong if a business owner does not have a group of trusted advisors with experience in these areas? I see a common theme in this context. First of all, the the, the typical business owner has the professional advisors, has a person that does what you do, what I do as a lawyer, has a good accountant, has a good financial planner. It's great to have very good professional advisors. The problem is those people um, have two things holding them back from properly representing the client in this context with exit and succession planning. Number one, they tend to not be proactive. They tend to, since they don't have a background or experience with doing exit and succession planning, they can't be proactive with the client and tell the client it's it's critically important for you to get this planning done. And here's what's happened if you don't. Um, Second of all, they don't coordinate with 
with each other. Uh, they, they each op operate in a vacuum and, and exit and succession planning requires extreme coordination between those professional advisors. They have to very thoughtfully go through their respective disciplines and come up with a really good exit succession plan that they've thought through and agreed upon. Um, and lastly, there are not many people, many professionals that are certified exit planning advisors uh, or that have significant experience with doing this. Uh, it, it's a real niche area. It, it, uh, there are lots of uh, business lawyers, lots of accountants, et cetera, but you really have to have done many, many dozens of, of plans so that when you see a particular fact pattern, you, you, you can really articulate a lot of good options for the client. So that's what I typically see. I, I, I first learn from the client, they haven't done it. Uh, I second uh, of all, learn from the client, they don't know what it means. Uh, they don't know the difference between an exit plan and a succession plan. And then third, they wanna hear about why it's important. And, um, and lastly, I think they probably call the professional advisors and say, why didn't you tell me about it? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too, where they'll say, oh, I have an accountant. And they'll say, okay, well, do they have experience in this? And they'll say, oh no, or they had that friend who's a personal attorney for a business attorney for years, but yeah, they're doing, you know, employment agreements or smaller matters. The other thing that you mentioned I want to circle back to is, is creating options. And I think that's a really important point because some people might want to pass the business to down to a family member. That can certainly be part of succession. I know you and I are talking about exit and people probably think, this sounds so negative, exit, I'm going to exit my business. And I think exit really, to me, means having options as well as succession, because it could be to a third party, it could be to management. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about the different types of options. Let's talk about the pros and cons. And let's start with the most common one, which is what are the pros and cons of selling to a third party? I think a lot of my clients have a misconception that it's nirvana to sell your business to a third party buyer. Um, I, I, I think that the big pro to selling to a third party buyer is oftentimes an investment banker can align you with a, a strategic buyer that's going to pay you a lot higher price than current fair market value. So that's probably the biggest pro of selling to a third party buyer. The cons are, are several fold. And, and I, I always walk this through with a client in doing exit planning, uh, because first of all, you have professional fees, which aren't inconsequential. You have, you, have, you have legal fees, accounting fees, and other professional fees involved with completing a transaction. And those could be significant six-figure fees. Secondly, most importantly, you have liability because when you sign a purchase agreement, you're making probably 25 different reps, representations and warranties about the business. And there's a very elaborate indemnification section in that agreement where the buyer can come back to you for a pretty lengthy period of time after the closing to come after you for up to 100% of the purchase price. So it's not like you complete your closing and you walk away and sleep real well at night. You, 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 have, you have factors at work there. The other thing that happens with third-party sales that really burns me up is that a lot of times the purchase price isn't paid cash on the barrel head at closing. A lot of times you'll get a promissory note. A lot of times you'll get what's called an earnout, which is contingent purchase price. So a lot of times you 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 don't end up getting 100% of your purchase price uh, for a variety of reasons. The note doesn't get paid. You don't realize the contingent purchase price milestones, etc. So that there are there is sort of a mini parade of horribles, if you will, of doing the third party sale. Let's talk about earnout. I think that that term is used generally, and I know it can be defined of tactically how it works quite differently. Can you just share a couple of examples? Sure. I, I just completed a transaction a couple of weeks ago where the, the, the total purchase price was $5 million. At closing, my client got $3 million, but $2 million of the purchase price is payable on a contingency basis over time. 
Basically, the business, which is now being run by the buyer, has to hit certain revenue targets on an annual basis for that additional $2 million to be paid out. So if the buyer doesn't run the business well, or for whatever reasons, the business doesn't produce those revenue targets, my client doesn't get that $2 million of additional purchase price. Sometimes it's on profitability, correct? Yeah, sometimes it's on uh, your cash flow or your net income or profitability, as you indicated. It can be uh, on a variety of factors. It can even go as far as to retention of customers, retention of employees. Sometimes there's multiple components of a, of a milestone. So okay. it, it can get pretty elaborate. Yeah. Now, who tends to drive that? So you find that it's a negotiation back and forth or is there typically one side really driving it? It's the buyer that drives it. And, and usually, if you think about it, your purchase agreement is a report card for the exit and succession planning you've done. So when I have an earnout in my purchase price, it means I haven't done the exit plan because there won't be an earnout if I've done your exit plan. And so really what, what the buyer is concerned about is that the business is dependent too much on the owner being there, on a, on a critical customer, on a particular vendor. You have some type of concentration issue that's giving the buyer pause. And they're saying, I, I want to, I'm not going to pay you 100 cents on the dollar closing. I want to make sure everything goes according to plan over the next three years. And that's what we eliminate in doing our exit and succession plan. We don't want a haircut in our purchase price at the close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that I, I look for in my practice with small, not big is there's eight core drivers of value, one of which is can that business survive without its founder, or its owner. And just like you're saying, there there's all kinds of risks to the buyer if that's not the case. So it makes sense that we don't want an earnout, right? And what can we do to help prevent that? So the good work that we're doing to help make this business able to thrive in a sustainable business without its owner, because we have a good team around us, because we have processes in place or technologies that can help us be more efficient, more effective, and the data analytics to support it. All of those things go into that. I do highlight on day one of doing an exit plan for the owner that there's a difference between value of a business and transferable value. Uh, and what I highlight is if, if, the, if the business is dependent on you because you're tied to 70% of the customers, uh, then that's not transferable value. They'll give you a consulting agreement for that 70% of, of the value of your business. So we need to eliminate that dependency on you so the business can run equally well with or without you present. And if we get there, then you can get, then you have transferable value and you'll get hundred cents of the dollar closing. So some other examples of structures of exit plans, let's talk about some other options. So what's another option? I think some of the most common options would be that the uh, owner wants to either sell or gift or bequest the, the business to his, his or her family. Uh, but I'd say the most common or most popular structure is to transfer the business to the management team. The owner tends to be very loyal to the management team. The management team doesn't have the deep pockets to drive a purchase, to make a direct purchase of the stock from the owner. So we, we do what I, I refer to as an indirect acquisition. And what I mean by that is, I just simply go through two steps. I, I, I say to the owner, we're going to grant a small percentage of the uh, stock in the company to the key employees and put them on a very long-term vesting schedule so that, in essence, they are extremely motivated to grow the value of the business and to see you exit from the business. And uh, so the first step is we grant maybe 5% of the value of the business to the key employees subject to a very long vesting schedule, maybe 10 years. Uh, and then we have a shareholder agreement between the key employees 
and the owner that says that over time, the owner has the right to require the company to buy his or her shares. So as those shares are being purchased by the company, the shareholders who they're not paying any, the key employees are not paying any money for those shares. They're just contributing sweat equity to the business to create cash flow to buy out the owner. So as the owner gets redeemed or purchased by the company, the uh, key employees go from owning 5% to 20%, uh, eventually 100%. So they're extremely motivated. Uh, to be able to acquire a company without a dollar out of their pocket. And the owner is similarly happy because he, he gets to transition the, the business to his, his or her key employees. And uh, they're motivated to generate the cash flow to buy them out. And, um, and, and we eliminate all those cons that I described for you of a third-party sale. We don't have big professional fees anymore. We don't have indemnification liability to the employees. Uh, we, we don't have uncertainty as our purchase price. We're going to get 100 cents on the dollar. So all those negatives of a third-party sale are eliminated when we do uh, that structure to get the uh, business to the key employees. So let's call that an internal transaction. Yeah, an internal transaction is a good description for it. Yeah, sometimes I refer to it as a management succession. I don't know if that's a, a term that you would use also. That's a fair description of it too. Yeah, what I like about that is it's getting to the heart of what's important to the business owner because their legacy matters. They care about how the employees do after the close, right? They're mm-hmm. going to walk away, you know, unless they have a consulting agreement for a short period of time, which, you know, can vary, but let's say it's a year or less. And they care about, because especially if their name is on the door, I see that a lot. And they want to know that it's going to be in a good place. They do care about its sustainability. They want it to live on, even if they're not part of it. And so if we know that up front, we know that that's what they care about. We can help structure a exit and succession plan that meets all of those things and meets their financial goals. So I, I love that solution. Do you see that that is more or less common over the last five, 10 years? I would venture to say that 60% of my exit plans are that very structure and maybe only 25% of them are third-party sales and then the balance are a smattering of uh, transferring the shares to family members or to uh, an ESOP or, or something along those lines. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So you, me, and Chris Cheney, as we mentioned, are doing a, a collaboration. And one of the things that we are putting together is a webinar to help educate business owners about exit and transition planning, succession planning. What does it mean? How does it work? And what are some considerations to make sure that they are able to not only get that 100% on the dollar, but in my mission is to try to get them a premium. You know, what can we do to help them increase the value of their business as they get ready for that future transaction? and be happy with what they've come up with. It's too often that, I think in some survey data that I've seen, business owners that are surveyed a year after they close, they answer that they're not happy with that transaction. And so I think for us, we're on a mission to change that trajectory. We want them to be happy about it. And I'm really excited about this webinar. And so for you, what are the main things that you're looking forward to highlighting and why somebody should tune into it? Well, I, I think it's a great opportunity to hear from experts who have different disciplinary areas uh, altogether and have unique strategies for exit planning that create and impart tremendous value to a business. And so I, I think that you, you can hear uniquely from each of the experts uh, how they do it, what their perspectives are. And then you can also see at work how those different strategies all fit together and why you need those, those individual experts to be working together, coordinating with each other on your plan. 
it's going to be a great event. And I know not everybody's going to be able to tune in live, of course. So I will have the recording and the archive of our event on my website. And I will put on small.big.com. And I will put that link in the show notes if people are interested in, in checking it out. If you're really interested in, in listening and tuning in, I really encourage you to do so. So as we round out towards the end here of our discussion, Mike, I love to ask all of my guests if they have a favorite quote that they like to share. My favorite quote probably is, yesterday is history and tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a a gift and that's why it's called the present. I like that. It's a very positive attitude. Mm -hmm. I like (laughs) it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So if someone's listening and they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to connect? Either call me on my uh, office phone number, which is 412-297-4937, or email me at msilverman at cohenlaw.com. Mike, you are a wealth of knowledge about this topic, and I'm so appreciative to be connected with you and collaborating with you. And I encourage everyone to check out our webinar and continue to be interested if you're interested in reaching out to Mike or me about exit and value planning. We look forward to speaking with you. Mike, thank you again so much for being here. Thank you very much. My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, the potential net proceeds of a transaction, and your financial needs after you leave the business, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand these numbers, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Take the next step by requesting an initial meeting to begin planning for your business transition and strategic exit today. Request a call with me by visiting smalldotbig.com. That's smalldotbig.com. I look forward to speaking with you.